Welcome back, Red Spotters, and the show in the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto, and I'm joined today by my very good friend and, of course, uh, the creator of all things Red Spotlight, Mr. Kyle Lira, is here. This is going to be episode 277. And there is no set agenda. There is no list of topics. Um, that was Kyle adding in his... Uh, comment on the fact that it's episode 277 a burp uh, might as well suffice but hey there's that it just happened. there is no yeah there is no set agenda there are no topics uh this is one of those episodes where kyle and i come together we sit down and we kind of catch up and you're along for the conversation so if you haven't tuned uh, out already yeah yeah which you know in most cases they would i think it would have been at least 30 seconds ago yeah, mm-hmm. on average <laughs> for the episodes I, that we uh, usually do. First of all, it, a lot has changed since um since uh we recorded um together. Which was when? I don't know. Was it August? Maybe. It's it's been a while. It's been a hot second. Um but the thing uh might as well like bust open the the champagne bottle and everything like that because ding dong the witch is dead <laughs> yeah uh that happened right yeah that's one of the the more recent developments but that's a big thing that happened it's a development since the last time. it's a damn good development i got drunk uh uh, election night, um, as you witnessed, uh, vomit at all. Um, socially distanced, of course. We had a virtual drinking thing, and lo and behold, uh, I, I, freaking wasted. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the last time I got that wasted, actually. Uh, but it's just like the anxiety; it just built up, and I was just like, "Fuck it, why not?" Uh, and drank away and. But you should be honest that, like, the reason why you were drinking wasn't because you were excited, but because things on Tuesday night were quite dire. I was ready for this country to fuck up again, and, yeah, I was bracing myself for the numbness and everything, but I I woke up and, like, nothing has been called yet (laughs) by the time I woke up. And so by the time like Saturday rolled in the sat, like the freaking news networks were just like, okay, let me start. Let me start. Biden is president. And they freaking hid in the corner and the internet went nuts. Um, mostly for the good. Um, like the latter half, probably not so good. But let's just focus on the good for right now. I was just so, like, honestly, I was relieved. I was relieved. And when I heard yeah. when I heard Biden's speech um, later that night, I felt overly, overly overwhelmed, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, and it was so nice to hear somebody decent talking. It wasn't just like, it wasn't just like... It, to um sorry i got muppets on the brain it wasn't a me party like um like uh like another president it was it it actually felt nice he was like saying we we the people we did this you know it wasn't like i won i i'm the biggest winner of all you know it wasn't it wasn't anything like that it just felt presidential and it was nice to feel that for a while, you know, feel that. 
it was amazing how quickly the tide turned for SNL that night to like completely flip it on his head um, because of what happened. Uh, Dave Chappelle had to rewrite, rewrite his, uh, his monologue. Uh, you had uh, the cold open pretty much started off like a, like a CNN bit with Wolf Blitzer and um, John King. I think that's his name. Um, the guy with the the guy with the big old screen. <laughs> yes, that's him. That's John King. Okay. Yes. Um, and just hearing freaking Jim Carrey as Joe Biden and say, "Who's <laughs> there?" Like the way that the way that he would do it, it felt so. I, I wouldn't say vindicated, but I just it it it, it was its just desserts. I'll, I'll say that mm-hmm. because it just felt good, and like I could feel like everybody feeling like this deep sigh of relief. And and for sure, we're not like we're not like Trumpists. We're not going to be like you know sucking Biden's dick every moment we get. We will criticize you know what you know when. He's pushing more towards centrist ideas more than, you know, progressive ideas. And we will be doing that. We're not, we're not cultists. Who do you think we are? The fantasy fair? <laughs> uh, but it, 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 but it's not, it's not one of those, uh, deals where we are, are like, cause we could have had better. Yes. We could have definitely had better. But uh, just the fact that we're going to have a Democratic president again, I think is just, I think, I think that's relieving. And I, I felt like that wasn't going to happen. And it was nice. I don't know if you guys talked about it yet. Well, I was going to say, um, this is 277. Episode 276 will be going up before this one. And that was me and Peter basically doing a, a complete dump of election week and all of the, you know, prognostication the minutia of everything yeah yeah so we we did a, a breakdown of how everything went down and what our thoughts were with plenty of constructive criticism so i think you know on this show i've i think it's been made clear that we're not exactly um cultists or propagandists on behalf of the democratic party i'm happy that you know the next president is a democrat um, but I think we all are of the mind that there is uh, considerable um, room for improvement across the board and same old, same old is just not going to fly. Um, but to your point about what you were saying uh, about, you know, listening to, to that speech uh, by Joe Biden when he on the night that he was officially announced the president elect, it was, you know, it it. <laughs> I think what you were trying to describe was a moment of euphoria Mm -hmm. because it felt like at long last we have been freed from having to give any ounce of legitimacy or credibility to that con artist, incompetent, disgusting human being as Han would say, a piece of worm-ridden filth of a president uh, for the first time in four years. We have spent literally four years of our lives waking up every single day 
And a lot of those days, mind you, there would be horrible news stories that would break once every hour mm-hmm. about what it, and it usually involved this president trying to destroy something or dismantle something that could very much put the future of the country in jeopardy and subsequently the future of all of our lives. And so Donald Trump has been basically this presence of absolute menace in our entire lives for the last four years. And to have a moment where you're listening to the next president and you're reminded of what a president is supposed to sound like. Yeah. He was so reassuring. He was so calming. Finally, we can have somebody in the White House who not only knows how to do the job, but is actually interested in helping people more so than the Republican Party. I mean, we've had so many discussions about how far the party has fallen to authoritarianism and how extreme their points of view are when it comes to, uh, you know, discriminating against certain groups of people. Dare I say the country. it? Borderline fascist. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically where I was going at, and that's kind of where it is, right? So, for to have this moment, uh, and and you know what, like I'm not interested in having the back and forth about you know whether or not it is that way. You have the president and his people still refusing to acknowledge the result of the election and trying to, you know, do some kind of rigging where they want to steal it, and even though they lost fair and square, they're fascists. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. They're against democracy. They don't want to listen to what the people actually said. That's exactly what they are, and that needs to be defeated. That needs to be stopped. And so I think across the board, for that week. We were in agony because it was more than just an election, right? This election was always about what direction are we going to go next? Are we going to be able to give a chance to fight back for this country and to actually make it a democracy? And when Biden was giving that speech, the day that it was called, with all of the uh, momentous, uh, you know, wellspring of, you know, adulation and joy and celebration in the streets it just felt like the end um, of return of the jedi it felt like we, yes people were breaking out their yub nubs or in some cases uh, all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey yeah 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 um and it there was like so many different things that really accumulated into that moment i mean it's so bad that freaking like there was footage of London celebrating freaking no <laughs> Paris rung Notre Dame's bells when it was called Notre Dame. <laughs> you know how bad this piece of shit in the office was, you know, if other countries i mean it is literally return of the jedi because other parts of this world were celebrating as much as we were and it's almost like in like the um special edition you see like naboo tatooine you see all these other planets celebrating the fall of the emperor and now we have it you know we have that celebration um celebrate good time part okay Party in the USA and uh, NSYNC's Bye 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 uh, reached the top 200 chart of, bill, of the American billboards for the first time 
and I think like eight years, eight or nine years. And I think that's fundamentally insane that that is like the resurgence of how many people are like playing that and feeling that and feeling the motion and feeling inspired. I, I, I honestly, it's incredible. It, the it is the most incredible like, thing that we've ever faced because like we know we know how this thing works we know how this thing you know r- returns to its forms and but the thing that i must add to this whole ordeal and shtick is that because uh he i mean let's face it biden was not our first choice but he but it was something that I think uh, is big and still big, um, if I think so myself. You can tell that it was more than just a normal election when you had so many people just literally party in the, in the streets in the middle of a pandemic. Um, that just tells you how hated this person was. And from what I understand... Um, Joe Biden currently has 5 million more votes than Donald Trump, which that is a massive spread. Usually um, elections are closer than that. I think that Hillary Clinton only amassed 2.5 million, maybe a little close to 3 million votes between her and Donald Trump. Um, But Joe Biden has already garnered 5 million more votes um, than Donald Trump and everything. So, it's just a big sigh of relief, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's not something I think we had last we spoke, but that one incident alone of Donald Trump losing the election is already creating a wellspring of new hopeful stories. It just, you know, it's the promise of a president that is going to at least try and fight this pandemic and shut the pandemic down so we can get back to our lives. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird. I think Peter told me that, uh, Peter uh, jokingly thanked the Illuminati uh, on our last podcast. Because of course he would. (laughs) For for dropping the the news of the Pfizer vaccine after the election instead of before the election, um, because of course, as you are well aware, Pfizer, the uh, drug company, pharmaceutical company, announced uh, earlier this week that they had created a vaccine that had so far been ninety percent effective at preventing people from getting infected with COVID nineteen. Uh, Dr. Fauci even further said that there could be uh, the first couple of doses as early as December. So it's just, I don't know if this is the direction we were always going, but it just certainly seems as if the the minute that Biden wins the White House, we have some good news. (laughs) You know? How about that? (laughs) Oh, well, um, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just relieved. Um, thank you for turning. That's the word for it. Thank you for tuning in, uh, Red Swatters. Uh, if you like what you heard here, you can check us out everywhere. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, that's not where the conversation is going to end, but God damn it. Like, 
all the shit that 2020 has put everyone through. Yeah. Like, what a hell of a finale for this season <laughs> of America. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, that was like the plot twist to end all plot twists. I mean, it uh, there was a lot of filler in the middle of that finale arc. Let's be honest. But that but the payoff was damn delicious, I must say. Somebody should have um I don't know whose idea it was to do this, but daylight savings should not have started or ended whatever it was the week of the election because that made everything even fucking longer. That that, that honestly was said. the longest week of my life. Um yeah, it, it felt like like it wouldn't end and now this week is just freaking like oh, let's go flying by let's right fucking <laughs> i think it's just because of our anxiety i think that's what made it feel that way um yeah. for the for the state of the election and whatever but it it certainly feels like there was something you know there's something in the water uh oh my god <laughs> i i i don't know i cried I cried hearing that speech because I I felt like I was listening to something decent for once. I got some yeah, good. Yeah, said to my mom. Uh, you know, after four I was years, so happy. after four years yeah. of hearing nothing but garbage spilling out from that man's mouth, it was nice to hear somebody talk about something in a positive light, and with such humility too. He wasn't saying I didn't win this. Um, we won this. Versus, like, somebody like Donald Trump, he would have taken all the credit and he said, me, 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 it would be a me fest. But he said, we. And that was like, I was like, okay, we're good. We're all right. Um, and to end election, uh, election night, um, uh, I was going back, going back to SNL. Uh, Foo Fighters were on the... On a, and they ended their performance with times like these and the song, you know, it's times like these, you learn to love again. It's times like these, you give and give again. What a perfect song to end like a, the election week with. Cause it, it, it genuinely felt like times like these, you learn to, you know, live again because we are living again. We're not living in fear. We're now living in a moment of like a, a, a sigh of relief. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful for that. I'm, I'm honestly grateful for that. We're, we're, we're kind of, we're back to some sort of political normacy now, at least for now, at least who knows what 2024 um, will bring, but Let's just not think about that far ahead, shall we? <laughs> well, I wanted to say though, it's I was so uh, when I was watching the Biden speech. Uh, one more thing to add on it. Um, I know my mom got very emotional watching it, and I was very happy for her because you know it's kind of the best way to make up because uh, her birthday literally falls like in the week during the election, one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So imagine four years ago. Four years ago, election day literally fell on her birthday. And 
she said to me, that literally ruined my birthday. Everybody was so concerned with Trump. Everybody forgot to call me. And then even then, Donald Trump, which is an asshole, she says she's hated her entire life. She's never liked him. Um, and she's not a political person. And by the way, neither was he until he ran for president, to be real about that. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was nice to be able to undo that mess literally four years later and Biden being elected um, instead of Trump in that regard. I mean, it was a four-year-late uh, birthday present, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, literally. And, and I think it was the night... It was literally, I think, hours before her birthday this year. So it was it was Sunday. Um, and apparently tomorrow um, he's going to name his chief of staff. Oh, he already did. Joe Biden. Uh, well, yeah, tomorrow he... Tomorrow, as of the... My brain just broke. <laughs> You're right. Uh, Biden is going to announce a chief of staff uh, tomorrow, formally, officially, but the news has already broke that it'll be Ron Klein, um, which is, uh, I think, a, a longtime Biden associate, and he was the person who was in charge of uh, Ebola uh, during the Obama administration, which, wow. if you recall, that was a prevented disaster here in the United States. So... This is what happens when you hire the best people. Like the real iron. There's so many wonderful. I hire the, the best Trump administration, <laughs> right? Right. Like it's like it was a fucking joke. Like he promised when he got elected or when he was campaigning the first time. It's like I only hire the best people, bitch. You only hire the worst people. I'm literally mean, the worst. Hired half his fucking cabinet the first year, and <laughs> it, honestly, I. It, after the first year, I've lo- I completely lost track. As soon as uh, Sean Spicer <laughs> fucking left, I was completely gone. I was just like, okay, so wait, so who's oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders? That's that's who. Wait, Kellyanne Conway. What 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 is she doing there? Oh wait, okay, who's this person? Oh, it's just Jared Kushner. This is just a reminder. Look, this president never had any intention of governing like a real president. He literally, the only thing he knows how to do is run it like a reality TV show. And to his credit, from that perspective, it's been immensely successful. If if that's what his goal was, to turn our lives into a fucking reality show, that's what he did. And the only thing he seems to enjoy doing is who can I fire next? Literally, he lost the election last week. He hired, I think, his uh, who? Who did he fire? The 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 Secretary of Defense. Yeah, and he fired a lot of Pentagon people. Yeah, they were gonna leave anyway. Like in out a couple the, of months, out the door. It's like a day <laughs> off from. It's like a day away from retirement kind of situation. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm just I'm, going back to Biden. I'm just. I'm. Uh, perfect cake topper of this year and honestly i felt some of my like depression-esque um tendencies Mm -hmm. slightly i mean obviously um i've been an advocate for for this i i have i suffer from severe depression and anxiety but for that week for the week following the announcement i felt it raise just a little bit 
That's good. I felt it. it it's it, it, it's kind of like I forgot the metaphor. <laughs> Completely went away, but I'm I'm happy. I'm happy about this. It's just a weight that's been lifted off our shoulders, right? And I guess we've been repeating again and again. It's just a promise of hope that um, life can return to a better state than it is right now. And look, like this could not have come at a at a more, I think, um, <sighs> dire time. The, well. This good news that we're experiencing, when you combine the good news of Biden getting elected with Pfizer announcing their vaccine or their potential vaccine, with where we are right now, this could not have come fast enough considering the fact that COVID is now at uncontrollable spread everywhere in the country. Yeah. It's like, it's like the end of the Lion King. Remember after as soon as freaking Scar died, like all the greenery started to return in the Pride Lands. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you put somebody in charge who actually gives a damn and knows what they're doing. Look what happens. It is and, time. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that also gives us some hope for uh look. The sooner we can have the vaccine distributed and administered, also would be the sooner we can get back to um, movies and enjoy all those things. But I guess we also have to, before we get ourselves too hopeful about those things, we do have to be honest. And that is like you and I, obviously, as people that live in this country and in our state and in our county. I mean, at least I have been hearing a lot of rumors and a lot of things that are about to be decided and it definitely seems like, if not now, definitely in the next month, things are going to be, we're going to go into complete lockdown again. Uh, at least the governor will lock us down again because um, word around town is cases are going going and going back up. Um, I've been hearing rumors that our local Costco, all of a sudden, without any kind of announcement, decided to um, reinstate their uh how many people they select to be in the warehouse at one time whereas before they had been more lax on it because they were allowed to do so um and i think it's all but expected that uh in the other places there won't be a lockdown there just won't uh remember uh the brilliant governor of california ron DeSantis. Uh, i think it was a month ago or a month and a half ago uh, the governor of Florida, I should say. Uh, and he lifted every single coronavirus restriction and the mask mandate. Were just like that because he was convinced that the pandemic was over. Um, so I think, you know, the 20th of January is when Biden will be inaugurated. But we have to be very realistic about how long it's going to take for things to get back. I think with this, what we're hopeful is that there is a guarantee. There's the beginning of that light at the end of the tunnel that we can see getting our way out of this. But I think everyone expects that when Biden takes control of the country, there might be another lockdown only because, well, no shit, right? If you've been paying yeah. attention, you know how bad it is. How are you? I want to know you, though. Uh, you and your family... 
And then maybe you with, because uh, you're an essential worker as you've been literally the entire year. We've, How are you guys um, feeling, I guess, emotionally? Um, com- you know, you've, you've put your, yourself out there, Kyle, for practically this entire year. And so far, you've had the good grace of God that you haven't been infected. Many of your coworkers, from what you tell me, many, if not all of them, have been just fine. You've p- taken the precautions necessary. Mm-hmm. And your family is all good from what um, you tell me. So I guess what I want to know, it's like, um, how are you guys? Um, are you kind of fed up with this pandemic? You mean, or- how do I do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you something. <laughs> I know how you do it. You just do what the common sense. You just do what's required of you. That's the thing that has people so upset is that like, hey, if everyone just wore the mask, it would be fine. And we wouldn't have to be, uh, you know, wondering all these questions. I guess I, I want to know is like, how are your family mm-hmm. and how are your coworkers doing emotionally with the pandemic still going on? Mm. Or have you all just like assimilated to this new uh world order a, a little bit of both um it is both like emotionally taxing on um on me because uh, people are fucking bored out of their minds um and they they come to our services to help satisfy their uh their boredom quite frequently um so we've been uh three times as busy as uh as normal um at my work that's right guys um, kyle's working at a strip club yep yep that is, <laughs> that is exactly i dude i fucking wish that'd be amazing <laughs> i'd work there shit i mean i wouldn't be on the polls i'd probably be a bouncer or i'll be a bartender maybe i don't know We'll see. Um, (laughs) uh, But uh, so emotionally, it's been really taxing. I mean, it's really upticked my um, my anxiety levels um, because of that, because I know people are partying. I know they're getting drunk, you know, when they don't need to be, you know, I am just out of my mind. I am so unbelievably done with people who act and they want to broadcast to the world just to show, hey, we don't give a fuck that there's a pandemic and we know that we're being irresponsible, but we don't care and fuck you. Yeah. And I just want to scream at the top of my lungs just today. One of my neighbors was throwing a birthday party with a fucking jumper. Get this in their front yard with tables like picnic tables, all like cl- clustered together with at least like 20 people there that's the kind of area where i want to throw a firecracker at (laughs) um fbi don't don't come at me (laughs) um but i think uh yeah i just i i'm i'm more pissed off at that more than anything that people are you know being like that when they shouldn't be, stay home, learn to fucking cook. Where was this, uh, you know, the energy that people put into like, oh, I'm going to make sourdough bread and everything like that for like the first week and everything was fine within the first week of lockdown. Where Where is that energy? I wish that trickled down throughout this whole year. People gave the fuck up. That's what happened. 
you know? And uh, I like every I get, time we, we, I'm sorry, but I get that they're bored. I get you're fucking bored. Believe me, I'm fucking bored. Believe me, your parties that you planned this year we our plans were fucking ruined too. We were planning to go on Disneyland. They were devastated. We're they were they were incinerated. We had so many wonderful plans. And we're the kind of people that we hardly ever make big plans like that. Yeah. We've waited years and years and years. And they were completely upended by this emergency. Yeah. So we're not you know, you're not alone. I get it. But you being fucking stupid and trying to get drunk just because you hate your family or, you know, other other different things. And I'm not I'm not being, you know, I, I'm not being dramatic when I say that they fucking hate their families and need a fucking drink. Um, no, I mean, that that's not even that's not even hyperbole. If you, all you have to do is a quick Google search to find out that, uh, you know, separation and divorce have gone up during the pandemic. So has anxiety and depression and so many other things. So it's like uh yeah, that'll do it to you, right? So that's yeah. not like something that you're just making up. It, that's definitive. But like, it's ridiculous when you're requiring our services five times a week. Um, it it is ridiculous that um, that uh, you're quadrupling the workload on us and we are understaffed as it is um even even at max capacity and i think we have 21 employees 18 18 to 21 employees um and it's still not enough uh and other things like my mom like she she it's just been really taxing because uh she is immunocompromised my mom is immunocompromised and i i think that's also another thing that i'm like really worried about um and uh it 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 just it just freaking sucks my uh my dad he's okay he works at trying to make sure water is flowing through the town so um, he is socially distant in his, uh, in his vehicle, making, you know, surveying the land and everything. Um, so that's really important, but he, he's not really around people unless there's like a major project going on. Um, I think my brother Zach, I think he's bored with online schooling. Um, just cause like, you know, you miss that interaction with, with people, um, and the yeah, same by the with, way, by the way, hold up a minute, hold up a minute. Um, aren't you so fucking glad this pandemic didn't happen while we were in school? Oh my I God. I would be ballistic. I would be awful right now. I think I would be flunking every class because I hate online classes as it is, but everyone having to transfer over to online classes and do it every single day. Fuck that. How they do it? Thank honestly, I know it's. I sound selfish saying this, but thank God that shit ain't my problem. <laughs> um, do they fucking miss grad night? They're missing the whole year, right? Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, I don't. Uh, you, I don't see schools coming back. At least in our area, they've been just on you know virtual distance learning. It's confirmed at least to January, but. 
honestly, I don't even know if they'll be back by April or May, and that's the whole year, basically. I don't even think that they're going to be back until 2022. I don't... I That's my firm predict, prediction. We're not going to be back until 2022. At least the states with the sound of mind, you pieces of shit. Freaking... I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't see it coming back until until then. Um in the meanwhile, um a lot of art is being produced out of this pandemic. Um music a lot of music is is being done. Um a lot of people are releasing and honestly like I I hear that the freaking music industry as of the middle of this month towards the towards the middle of uh december they're just going to be shelling out freaking christmas albums that people have made <laughs> during quarantine so we're going to get a shit ton of christmas material um but i, I don't know i'm just i'm i'm just disheartened at the way people have been acting really <sighs> Um, it's an, that's an understatement. Man. If people got their shit, if people got their shit together and staved their boredom for like at least three months, we would have been out of this shit already. You know, president or not guiding this shit, um, we would have been out of this pandemic in three months easily, and then we would have gone back to our lives in what July, August. <sighs> But no, yeah. It and it and it and it freaking sucks. But I think I don't know. I've been working a lot. I've been making money. <laughs> money, I guess, is uh, is up. You know, on the uptick. So I guess that's kind of nice. I mean, God knows we don't make any money on doing this. <laughs> uh. So, um, I guess that's nice. And Biden won. That's the only positives I could say, really. Well, I can think of one more positive. Hmm. The weather has been lovely lately. Uh, the weather has been absolutely fantastic, darling. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's such a small talky question or like conversation. The weather, well, I mean, but I mean, the weather just, has I, been nice. I'm looking for some good things to talk about, right? So, I mean, look, we we live in a place, and we've talked about it often, where uh, it's hot. I mean, we had the AC on as I think as recent as just last Tuesday. Mm hmm. Oh, but I think yeah. Uh, go on. Uh, go on. Before I no, I was just gonna say one of the weird circumstances is as, as soon as I think the day that the the news networks called the election for Biden, it got cold, <laughs> like the good kind of cold, the happy kind of cold. Yeah, you know? it was like the weather, very peculiar. <laughs> um, but seriously, the weather was like the freaking phenomenal. Like, I, I I'm excited. I'm excited for cold vibes. I'm I'm mm -hmm. um. Have you have you and your family put up the Christmas tree yet? 
Uh, we've been talking about it. I, I've, I've been floating the idea in, in my mom's head because it's her and I that usually get excited for this. We did, however, go shopping for some new Christmas decorations for the first time in a long time. Ooh, okay. Yeah, we went to went to uh, Kirkland's, and uh, which is a personal favorite of ours, uh, you know, chain here uh, in uh, the El Centro metropolitan area, as it were. Um, I just threw in that word because fancy I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we bought some, uh, you know, decorations and stuff to put on the tree. Something to make um, the ladies go, ooh, that's nice. That's nice. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I was, con- I'm convincing uh, my family, um, like, I don't, I don't give a shit if I do all the, you know, decorating and, mm-hmm. you know, doing all the hard work and all that shit because i want christmas vibes now when i was heading home from work actually i busted out faith hills where are you christmas oh my god i felt so euphoric (laughs) (laughs) i felt ecstatic i was just like where is the laughter (laughs) and like i like I was bumping that shit like <laughs> like nobody's business, uh, so I felt I felt real like I I'm feeling this Christmas energy. I know Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet, but damn it, I want it. I want it Christmas now. I want to inject it into my veins. I want like tinsel. I'll snort that shit up. I don't care. Um, but uh, I was talking to my mom and I I uh, I was she was like maybe the tree and i was like <gasps> progress progress i'm making progress <laughs> i think that's a little too conservative because if i'm being honest i, I do a lot of um late night walking around my neighborhood because that's one of my activities now you know to save off boredom but i've noticed a lot of neighbors have already put up their christmas trees the ones that put them by the window and you know uh that's what Pete my War- my fucking neighbor did that really? shit really yeah, yeah like he has his uh he has his whole him and his family have their whole christmas tree thing up i think i saw the star up and everything like that so it's done it's pretty much I think done. It, you know what look th- this has been a pretty depressing year mm-hmm. um with all due respect to thanksgiving it's not going to be the same as it as it usually is because it just can't i know the, the cdc by the way uh, for those listening is recommending that you do thanksgiving outdoors most people are not going to do that no we're going to have a massive are super stupid. spreader event. Yeah, this is going to be what it is. So people are just looking forward to the next thing. And, and, and the Christmas season, the Christmas anticipation is something that gives people a lot of joy and optimism. And hope. you know Pete Warner, Hope, that's right, from the Diz. Uh, I watch his podcast every single week. And he's, I think, uh, what did he say? That uh, he's had Christmas decorations in, on his house since mid-October. Like, he's ready for it. Like, fuck this <laughs> and fuck this year. Um, so I think that's not just exclusive to him. I think a lot of us are like, you know what? I'm ready for this year to be over. Um, and I don't care if it means a longer Christmas season. In, fact, I, in fact, I think I actually prefer it. Let's go ahead and, 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 and close this year out being happy for a change, right? It's a holy, jolly Christmas. <laughs> what's happier than actually, you know... Putting up those decorations and getting ready for this wonderful, wonderful season. And it helps that we actually have some nice cold weather for a change. Yeah. In area. Yeah. And it's nice. You know, that's why I was like, got to break out the Christmas music. Where's Michael Buble? Where's that freaking Christmas album? <laughs> and, you know, like people busting up, like 
all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> the freaking Biden events and all that shit. It was just like the cream of the crop. It's like, that's Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, Man, it does. Christmas. It does kind of suck because like a, a tradition of ours in the household is watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade all snuggled up with freaking. Um, well, with that's blankets. not going to happen. <laughs> yes and no. It is kind of happening. Virtually. Okay, so what's going to happen at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, for those who care, like the 2% of you who care, um, I mean, mainly it's a, it's a New York thing, and just like the locals love it, um, but I love it. Um, I like feel like I'm part of the city for the once. Um, but how it's going to work is that there's virtual performances, as as you know, as it were. Um, they'll still be so like how the award shows have been doing it. Kind of. Yeah. Um, there's still going to be the balloons, but instead of, I mean, we have to have balloons. How can we? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're fucking, it's like fucking Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my balloons? Yeah. Um, but there was, uh, uh instead of being, towed by people it's going to be towed by trucks um mm. instead and they're just going to focus on the balloons because let's, let's face it they want to see the balloons anyway um yeah. so the balloons are going to be are going to happen and you know you're going to be in a truck you know you're so it's going to be socially distant in that regard so i'm i'm glad they're doing that thing um i'm i think i believe at the end they're still going to have the santa diorama Mm. Um, and he's just going to be the only one there other than like the handlers, um, at the end, just like to, to keep up tradition like that. Uh, but the performances, um, are still going to be there. No bands. There's not going to be any of the marching bands, uh, but it's just going to be a slew of performers. My girl, Tori Kelly is going to be a performer. So I'm, ah. so I can't wait. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much going to be the Macy's Thanksgiving. I, I feel like it's going to be relatively shorter. I imagine it has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but Christmas, I feel, is going to be the same. Um, because usually um, Christmas, other than your average Christmas party, which is inevitable, that's going to happen. And there's going to be an uptick like there is going to be on Thanksgiving. How do you think, though, about shopping? Do you think that's going to change, or is that going to change the way you shop? Uh, um, he, not really, because I sporadically do like a little bit of online, a little bit of physical shopping. Right. I'm just going to do it all like online. Um, this this year, um, it's going to be a lot harder to hide it. <laughs> the fact that uh Christmas presents are coming in. Uh mm-hmm. but nevertheless it's still gonna be, you know, Christmas and all I I let me tell you what though, this Christmas season, uh Jeff Bezos is gonna get a whole hell of a lot richer. <laughs> Fucking Amazon. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna order off the Amazon and poor workers. Work faster, slave. Kind of thing. It's going to be miserable. I feel bad. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So you've been, yeah, I, I've been in the Christmas uh, spirit. Uh, I, I was waiting until. The, have you bust out the Christmas music yet? The minute Biden was called the winner, yes. <laughs> Immediately. Because I was waiting for it, but like I, I needed a reason to be happy. And so, yeah, I, I've had my playlist. Uh, so Biden winning, was it enough? <laughs> no, no, I mean, like I needed the catalyst, you know? Mm, okay. That's what I meant. Like, And then, of course, I, I couldn't really enjoy it with because, like, you know, all of us were in suspense and anxious, just waiting and waiting and waiting for days for states to slowly count votes. Um, it's as if they were the DMV or something. And literally, that's what it felt like. Uh, Arizona didn't, I think, get called. And even and even then, some places haven't even decided Arizona because they're still counting some votes. So it's like, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, our system needs to be overhauled completely. This is yeah. no way, this is no way to run an election. Honestly, but here's the thing. It would have ended a lot sooner if, you know, Mr. Loser Pants um, didn't say that, oh, you should count the mail-in ballots afterwards yeah um that's all that's being counted right now mail-in ballots generally i've also been in the christmas spirit because i've act you know um oh my god i don't remember when exactly i started um my doctor who rewatch because this is not the kind of like binge where i'm like I think the kind of binge that I'm known for, I've actually been taking my time with this one. So I, I just started season 10, um, rewatching season 10 season one. I, I want to say that it was either June or July. And usually when I binge through things, I can get them like at a, Two weeks tops. Like Two you weeks could, tops. Like, honestly, you'd finish, like, 12 seasons worth of material in, like, two days. Yeah. Like, I'd be but, like, I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, here's starting that show. Okay, ooh, that's a lot of episodes. Okay, good luck. See you on the other side. And then two days later, you'd be like, oh, my God, I finished the show. I don't know what to watch now. I'm like, well, no shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. No, but I've been taking my time with it, um, slowly going through all the different eras, falling in love with all of the different eras again, and then, you know, transitioning to the next different set. And I think lately in the last, in the last two or three weeks, uh, I have been two, three or four weeks. I have been um, covering seasons eight, nine, and I just started ten. And uh, the Christmas specials, uh, Last Christmas, Husbands of River Song, The Return of Dr. Mysterio, uh, all very fun. Uh, the Christmas specials are some of like the more like, I really am charmed by them, uh, as I am with Doctor Who in general, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something about those episodes that just get you in the mood, even though like a lot, like, I think the ones especially the ones that I just like listed off don't really have like a central Christmas plot. They just happen to take place during Christmas. Yeah. It just, it's the atmosphere that gets you in the mood to it. So yeah. Last Christmas and twice upon a time that was more Christmas centric, but husbands of river song. Right. Um, and the return of Dr. Mysterio that, that those never, those weren't as centric. I mean, yeah, 
magical, especially Husbands of River Song. I mean, I want to ask you though, since we're here, um, what are, what are your, uh, how would you rank your Doctor Who Christmas specials? Do you have like an all-time favorite, uh, some least favorites? I love, well, I'm very partial with Peter Capaldi, so those I are going to rank high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter Capaldi is both Kyle and I's favorite doctor, just in case yeah, those wondering. So we're very yeah. partial to anything in him. Because let me just tell you, I just, to give you time to think of an answer, right? I just finished the phenomenal season nine. And there is, uh, honestly, and again, I love Doctor Who in the sense that every episode I like and I love every doctor and whatever. But of course we have our preferences. I think creatively, I think maybe season nine was at a peak because there, I think every, the show was literally firing on all cil- cylinders that year. You have like uh, the peak doctor, uh, uh, Capaldi doctor and Clara chemistry. And I just was a big fan of the two parter structure. I think they were all very good stories. It felt more like, centered and focused on character and it had like a wonderful through line from beginning to end Mm -hmm. so like i i've always said that like four and nine are my favorite seasons of the show um and i always go back and forth but having like recently like finished nine i'm like really high on that season of the ninth season yeah. yeah and by the way that was my first like season in terms of like watching the show week to week i had binge watched yeah. all eight seasons i think before because it was 2015 remember it's five years old that season it was 2015 Good when that God. season aired time man time it, it, it time's a bitch um but okay, i was i was the same way with you but except the season previously season with, eight yeah with eight, which is was- also very strong yeah, very strong. I mean, Capal- like Capaldi's era is like solid. It's a solid um, season. Um, I think the with I think in terms of written, I think Smith's is probably the weakest. Which oh, I mean the eras. Yeah, in terms of like writing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tenet, Tenet's was really strong. Um, Eccleston, God, that that damn good strong point to like in terms of like writing, um, and Capaldi's is like top tier Doctor Who for me. Um, Chibnall's, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh write Chibnall's yet because uh it's still ongoing. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna do it until uh until Whitaker's era is complete. Hopefully not anytime soon. Um, today actually they started filming uh again. I saw that, and I was actually like, oh okay, we'll see how it goes. Um, you said not anytime soon. Isn't it? Isn't the expectation though that this is kind of it? Because don't the doctors usually just do three seasons each? The thing is, is that last time uh, after uh, series twelve aired, they talked. Uh, uh, they talked to Jody, and they were like, "Is the next season it?" And she's like, "I'm not going anywhere anytime soon." So, okay. so thirteen, she's going to be for sure on throughout the whole thing, and props possibly uh, fourteen as well. We don't know where. Uh, she's going to be in 15, but there we go. Um, especially after that explosive finale. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen it. Explosive and very controversial finale. 
Yeah. Um, if there ever was one, I am very much looking forward to whatever the hell they have planned to tie that up. Yeah. Um, cause I haven't the faintest idea if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Uh, oh, also we're going to get, um, a special at the end of the year. Hopefully. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, resolu- the revolution, revolution of the resolution Daleks, of the called? Daleks. Isn't that that was last time? Was it? Wasn't it resolution? I thought it was revolution of the Daleks. Whatever, whichever one it was, it'll involve the Daleks again. Yeah, um, keeping that uh, Terry Nation uh, contract alive. I see. <laughs> Because, like, Terry Nations, um, like, he died. He was the previous showrunner of uh, Doctor Who. Um, but, like, some sort of contractual, like, confusion. He, his estate owns the rights to the Daleks. Mm. And not the BBC. And so, in order to keep that uh, the contract satisfied, the Daleks must be used at least once. Um, any shape or form. And... Um, and one season a doctor who so it's kind of weird it's like having darth vader be owned by steven spielberg and like in order to keep that contract of like using darth vader imagery darth vader has to show up once in a movie (laughs) uh, a star wars movie it's 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 fucking weird um but yeah i Okay, so we have we have the Husbands of River song, and I think that's my favorite Christmas special. Really, I love that. Uh, I love Husbands of River song because, like, the dynamic between uh, Peter Capaldi and uh, Alex Kingston is just undeniably delightfully charming. That I I, I can't help but smile. Like, it's when, the and kind it's, of dynamic that pops. Yeah, in many ways, more than one. <laughs> um, but yeah, and especially when uh, Peter Capaldi sees who she is, and uh, he's like River, and <laughs> and the you know the twin ta- the the um, the tower of his derillium. I think the that's twin what tower. Called- <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's a, no, that's a no, completely the, different. The singing towers of Derillium. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, whoopsie. Oh my god! <laughs> if I triggered or um, or got anybody upset by my previous comments, I one hundred percent apologize. Uh, I I love that one. Um, I think my next favorite one is the first one with David Tennant. Um. Uh, Christmas Invasion, I believe it's called. Yeah, Christmas Invasion, because, like, number one, this is our first ta- uh, taste of what David Tennant would be. Um, also, it is downright funny when he's, like, going into his whole monologue, and he's saying, you know, there's more to see than can, can ever be seen. More to do than can... Wait a minute. That's the Lion King. And it's just, like, his little bursts like that, and he's like, where is the something-something... I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, that's all I needed. A little bit of tea. He's like, be honest. How do I look? And just like, 
his flavor and his like introduction like damn like start off with a bang that was a yeah that's the definition of a banger right there like i mean you really because a lot of the episode i think he was unconscious and you're just waiting for the big moment of you know to arrive and now i mean he unbelievably crushed it he was i think because obviously eccleston was my first doctor as well as you i believe and then Mm -hmm. so this was the first regeneration cycle and it's so important to sell that that transition and tenant overwhelmingly delivered. He like home run right off the yeah. bat. Um, my second one is probably probably last Christmas. Oh, it's good. Um, good. And oh my god, the um Hufaldi um shipper in me. Uh, that, that was my, that was my meat and potatoes after, after that, I was like, Ooh, okay. Um, the whole, like every Christmas is last Christmas and that whole bit at the end, um, gave him a kiss on the cheek and I was just like, I'm like, yes, yes. Okay. Um, but oh, like face huggers, like Dr. Who's never done that before. Let's go. Let's do that. Um, the freaking uh inception-esque plot i think was really nice and also uh nick frost as santa claus is awesome go sue me um the next one i think is probably um the next doctor really yeah the governor himself with yeah with david morrissey i think I think that is a i think that is a good one a really good solid one cyberman um Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I think uh, David Morrissey could have been a good doctor if, you know, if that was a that was a real thing. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, had he have gone the Doctor Who route, he um, probably ha- wouldn't have screwed over Rick and the gang. <laughs> um, that would have been some other actor. Yeah. My next one... Probably just have how, like sad and uh and kind of um whimsical and it kind of uh uh it, it represents um the next one i i would have to say is like time of the doctor mm, yeah you know what no switch the next doctor and time of the doctor around okay because time of the doctor let 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 me be honest. Kinney's. <laughs> that, uh, that's it? It introduced Peter Capaldi. Okay. Come, oh, my. Okay. But here's the thing, though. Like, that, it was a perfect wrap-up of, like, uh, Will Smith's arc. Will Smith. Matt Smith's arc. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it, it perfectly wrapped up Matt Smith's arc and everything. And it just, it, it was just, like, a greatest hits. Had Weeping Angels, it had you know, Daleks, that Cybermen, it had um it had, it had all of those going for it. Um my next one is probably the the snowman and then the next doctor. The snowman, which was the one that introduced Clara? Yeah. Well not introduced, but then it featured Cla- the first it was the first special with Clara, right? Yeah. 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 And and that was like whimsical. It had the Potter Noster gang. I wish they bring I wish they brought him back. 
Um, I, I I saw a post lately that uh, they've been they've been brought back a lot on Big Finish. Yeah, but like on on like you know the actual series itself. I wish they would they would do that. Um, what else? There's the end of time, which is the tenants tenants final one. Final one. That was There's a Christmas Voyage. special. Yeah, it was a Christmas special. Yeah, it was a Christmas. It took yeah. I thought that was just uh, like a big old special finale. There thing. is Voyage of the Damned. What? There's also right, and then in 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 uh in accordance with that, Runaway Bride, which was the first introduction to Donna Noble. What the hell is this place? <laughs> um, I think that's also the award. I don't remember what the title of it. The was, wardrobe. The wardrobe yeah. one. That's that's yeah. a that's a sad one. Um, and there's the, there's, th- there's the one with uh, Michael Gambon. Yeah, where they did um, where they did a Christmas Carol. Uh huh. Where they did kind of Christmas Carol esque, and it was revealed that uh, that Marilyn Monroe and uh, the Doctor are married. And a couple others. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. Did you uh, already factor in Twice Upon a Christmas? No, Twice Upon a Time, I'm sorry. Twice Upon a Time. Ooh. You see, I love them all individually for their individual parts. Yeah. It's kind of hard to rank them. I mean, seasons, I could definitely, definitely like rank them. Like, eight probably is my number one favorite. Nine, four, two, ten. No, two, four, ten. Mm. Five, seven, and six. Wait, three and six. Three and six. Um, I'm not factoring in, uh, um, Whitaker Whitaker's run yet because it's still at large, um, Mm -hmm. and not completed. And I have to look at what those individual seasons did as a whole, um, first before I could tear it apart. Um, so I'm not counting those yet. Also, she hasn't had a Christmas special yet, right? No, it's been new, uh, new year specials. I would feel I don't know. I guess those don't count, right? No. <laughs> Is the upcoming one not also going to be New Year's again? It's looking like that, but who knows? Maybe BBC will surprise us. It'll be like, "Hey, it's airing on Christmas." Because I think I saw that someone had accidentally leaked that it was going to be a Christmas one. I don't know whichever one it is, but yeah, it's. A lot of these conversations don't include Whitaker's era just yet because it's not complete and also there hasn't been a I guess for me, like I, I the more I think about all of the Christmas specials, the more I realize how I appreciate and love them in their own way. And the more uh challenging it it, it comes to, you know, ranking them, right? Because like you don't want to like right. you're gonna be put in a position where like you have an episode that you really, really adore, but it's like at the bottom of the list. <laughs> Yeah, a, you know, and a yeah. lot of these I think we have such um, love for. Um, 
I I liked Return of Doctor Mysterio, but it's not my favorite. No, but I, I really like that episode. You know, it's it's like I, and it's I, more if that episode feels more like a comic book episode than a Christmas episode. I I feel like that it was entertaining for me, but I was like I was underwhelmed by the episode. Yeah, especially like what came before it was. The husbands of River, River Song. Song, which that was literally what came before, because <laughs> Doctor Who took a took a hiatus that whole that whole year. Um, honestly, like the impact of Clara was too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I honestly like I I love Doctor. Who. I think we love Doctor Who. Are yeah are, yeah. Are we qualified as Whovians? I don't know. I mean, I I I adore the show. I I I, uh, I think honestly, it's such a beautifully uh-huh. made program. And to me, what is so beautiful about it is that it does like what my favorite TV shows do. It makes an unapologetic case for love, kindness, and happiness. Mm-hmm. No matter who you are, or where you come from. Like That's the doctor's speech when the um the Zygon invert inversion or invasion. Yeah. Inversion. Inversion. Yeah. Fucking kills me every time, man. Yeah. Um no, yeah. Yeah. So That's our Doctor Who lately? talk. What yeah. Happened? What have I been watching lately other than Doctor Who? Well, um, that is a very good question. I'm at the moment, uh, you know, because, and this would bring into uh, call attention anyway to other stuff that we have going on. Much like you and Moreno are doing Muppet Month, uh, Peter and I are doing Guillermo del Toro Month. And okay. so I'm diving into the works of del Toro that I haven't experienced. So full disclosure, um, before this, the works of del Toro that I had previously seen was Pan's Labyrinth and the shape of water and that's basically it so for this month we're doing all 10 uh films that he the del toro has directed so thus far i have seen what is titled as his spanish language fairy tale trilogy which was 1993's chronos I want to say this was 95 and no this was 2000 something 2001 or 2 or 3 uh, the Devil's Backbone, uh, and then I rewatched Pan's Labyrinth uh, the other day, <laughs> and um, obviously I'll have more to say on that one. But uh, he is such a unique individual um, as a filmmaker, uh, and it's unique in the sense, it's in terms of like what his creations uh, entail in his movies, uh, are so vivid. And so descriptive uh and it can range from fantastical to haunting um i think that's the true mark of an artist there's that that special touch that guillermo has um that really is is quite beautiful and i think something that maybe isn't as understood a lot of his stuff can verge on horror but it's really a lot of wonderful hopeful stuff you know he has a lot of humanity in his movies. And so I've been catching up on that. 
Um, are you guys going to tackle the Hobbit trilogy? <laughs> well, he, he didn't direct oh, those. He I didn't know. direct them. I, he, I'm, I think I'm, it, I'm just making a joke. <laughs> that was that was Peter Jackson that did those movies, right? Yeah. Which is that's a different conversation. So we're doing um, Mimic, Hellboy, Hellboy Two, Blade Two, Pacific Rim, uh, Crimson Peak, Shape of Water, um. And I believe those are it. So those are the movies that we'll be talking about that I will be seeing. Ooh, I can't wait till you um, delve into Hellboy. Those are, I, that's going to be interesting. Because <laughs> I love those movies. I'm sure you do. And a lot of people love those movies. A lot of people were disappointed when they went ahead and made another Hellboy without Guillermo del Toro. And yeah. guess what happened? It bombed. Nobody cared about it. Yeah. No shit. Now, if it was Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman, Samuel Blair returning, Doug Jones. They had plans for a Hellboy 3. Maybe one day someone like Apple or Netflix can fund that shit and make it. Yeah. Um, And people will be there. Because I think Peter mentioned that del Toro's next movie is doing a Pinocchio movie. Yeah, and... You know how like delightfully whimsically fucked up like his works are. I think it'd oh, be yeah. I think it'd be amazing to see Pinocchio done by Guillermo mm-hmm. del Toro. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be very interesting. Um, so you've just been in del Toro mode the whole time. Well, not fully as of yet. Uh, lately, um, you have to you have to factor in the you know I've been consumed or I should say inundated with election coverage the last week or so. So that's thankfully died down. So I can now put my focus back on that. But recently, if I'm looking, you know, in the last month, I uh, finished my initial watch of Michael Shore's The Good Place uh, television series. And Uh I might say it is, uh, I know, I think David Francisco and I have already had one episode that's uh, live right now. And we'll have another one coming up talking about seasons three and four. It's an amazing program. Um, It's a wonderful showcase um, talking about ethics and everything. Uh, But it also, I think, is one of those uh, little shows that you get so invested in with the characters and it means the value of a program like that I don't think is even um, capable of being described in words it had a profound impact on me um, and it was a source like many of these television shows like Doctor Who and The Good Place mind you and in particular the television shows so let me tell you like so this year um so the good place doctor who this is a list of shows that i've new or old watching or binge watching so the good place um doctor who Shit's creek haunting of blind manor haunting of hill house the legend of Korra, avatar the last airbender star wars the clone wars uh, agents of shield have their final season all of these shows um that have thankfully on a timetable replaced one another as the year has gone by has you know prov- has been a source of joy honestly um and it's helped me really cope uh with a lot of the darkness that we've had to endure this year so again i i had 
fallen out of favor with television shows in the last few years, but the pandemic happened and there weren't any movies. And that, that isn't to say that there haven't been good movies that we've seen or we will see, but movies in 2020 haven't really been a thing. And I was actually just thinking about this. I think it was earlier today, Kyle, or maybe it was, yeah, earlier today. Cause I was watching a Pixar video or something and I was just recalling uh-huh. How much fun we had uh, watching Onward, which was our very last theatrical experience before everything shut down. You, me, and Peter were, you know, just enjoying the movie and laughing as hard as possible. It was so, um, it made me feel nostalgic because in these days, theaters aren't really a thing. Yeah, and it's it's died down. Um, And then after that, we had dinner. And I think that's the last time we had like a final hurrah like that. Um, We were talking about all of these plans. Peter and Lexi, uh, his girlfriend, they were scheduled to go on a Disney cruise. cruise. We were trying to like uh, uh, plan some things for our Disneyland uh, vacation, which all of those things literally came crashing down. A little little movie. I don't know if you know about this. Um, I'm a... I'm a James Bond fan. Um, and um, really? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I mean, I don't think it's been mentioned at all in the last year because it really hasn't. It was a headline that was hilarious that said that Donald Trump is the first U.S. president that didn't get to have a Bond movie debut yeah. while he was the president. <laughs> If that was the only po- if that's the only positive of No Time to Die coming out this year, I'm 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 absolutely like okay that that was worth it. Um, but other than that, I I, w- I would have seen No Time to Die. Um, we've got so many movies this year. I was talking to my brothers because me and my brothers are Ghostbusters fans. We've got we would have gotten Ghostbusters Afterlife this year, um, which we were looking forward to. Um, different little things here and there um would have happened but just didn't happen because of the pandemic um and unfortunate but it's just it's just the way it has to be um and i uh yeah i can't wait to do that disney trip when it when it comes around to it i i i've been i've been itching to go back like more than ever right now, um, and I made the fatal mistake of putting on my Disney Jams playlist. Um, it that has like every single Disney song under the sun, and pretty much um, from all the major releases and what have you. And I was like, oh, a little bit of this Disney magic would sure be good right now. Um. Hopefully we'll get to do that in the near future. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I what have I you... watched. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask what I'm, you've been watching. I've watched um, a couple of things. I watched um, a movie called uh, "One Flew Under the Cuckoo's Nest." Mm, that's um, a very well-known movie. Damn good movie. Damn good movie. I love it. Um. I also saw um, uh, uh, Needs No Introduction with uh, 
with uh, David Letterman on Netflix. Impressive show. Impressive show. I like how, like, it's an expanded um, uh, David Leonard, uh, Letterman interview, which he's a great interviewer. He he loves, you know, mm. he finally, he really gets down to, like, the human element of people um, that I find really fascinating and the way that he would talk to these people. Um, I saw, um, I mean, just, just recently, I watched the um, Robert Downey Jr. interview. And he was talking about, like, how did you feel growing up with the prolific father figure as Robert Downey Sr.? You know, and they they trickled down from that, talk about uh, Less Than Zero. um, And they talked about uh, uh, how he felt when he first donned the Iron Man helmet. And um, just like little things like that, those little insights on some artists in the in the showbiz industry and how they work out and and it and it's damn impressive damn impressive i'm halfway through the howard stern um <laughs> episode that he did um and it's pretty it's pretty damn good I, I i like seeing i like seeing david letterman uh period i don't know if you guys know this i love talk shows and i love the way that talk shows work and everything so i that that's definitely up my bag i love it um i mean there's a moment where, uh, talk about a name drop we wouldn't be doing this podcast if you hadn't listened been an avid howard stern fan he's the whole reason you had the idea of doing any kind of podcasting yeah because i was like i want this kind of fun i want it you know and i and i honestly we could we could have it right now you know and record and do all that shit and honestly I, I good choice, good choice, Kyle. <laughs> um, I many years, you know, before I think t- 2012, I was throwing around this idea, uh, and so here we are. I um, what was it? Uh, there was a moment in the show where David Letterman, Robert Downey Jr. invited him, uh, him to. Uh, his farm and he has like animals and everything like that and uh david was letterman there? was like uh yeah pepper what pepper was there and uh guna <laughs> Morgan. was there too moon <laughs> yeah um he he was picking up uh he was picking up pig shit and he was just like, you know, I I wouldn't suppose that you've done this before, uh, Robert. And then Robert's like, hell no. <laughs> and he's like, do you invite Conan O'Brien to do something like this? <laughs> it's, it's just Dave being Dave. It's funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I, I haven't been doing much watching. I mean, I've been re-watching different things. I watched Tower of Terror for the first time um, for the... Um, for the Fantasy Fair podcast. Mm. Um, I'm also uh, reacquainting myself with the Muppets. Uh, with the Muppet movies and everything. Like taking notes. Uh, so I've been doing that. Other than that, not much watching. Um, I've been listening to music. I've been listening to music as it were. Uh, Foo, yeah, the Foo yeah. Fighters—they dropped a new single, and they 
and they announced that um that they're releasing an album in February, so I'm stoked about that. Um, it's just one of the things that you have it. in a you know during the free time in the pandemic. I've also been um, getting back into my music again. I've even like uh, so a couple months ago, I told you that I was curating a playlist uh, with all of my uh, favorite um, movie and TV show themes. Um, and then lately, uh, I think I'm about to like transition into uh, updating my Christmas playlist. But for the last few weeks, I have been doing a, um, a playlist, uh, of some of my favorite artists. Uh, like if you were basically, uh, and the playlists, it's called like if you were making a set list for uh, a particular concert that we're going to perform, like a dream set list of sorts, mm-hmm. um, one after the other after the other. So that's been, you know, pretty cathartic. Um, I used to, to do that to read- in uh, in high school. I'd be like, ooh, if if I were to see like Metallica and I got a curate, what would I want them to play? What's my dream playlist or set yeah. list, as it were? Um, and when I went to go see them, they actually um, got it almost spot on. Um, mm-hmm. The the playlist, so that was that was kind of cool. Um, what a uh, so yeah. I have a question for you uh, since you've been tackling um, with all that. Um, did you indeed find out if it snows in California? Uh, that's a. <laughs> I, I've seen no evidence of that, although uh, there there are these stories that I hear uh, about uh, our hometown that sometime in the 1930s, there was an instance where it snowed. Yeah. Maybe. that's Those are the stories I've heard, but of course, we weren't around when that happened. And you were mentioning, of course, an Ariana Grande Christmas song, Snow in California, which somehow makes you laugh. Um, cause it's just so absurd. Um, cause it's like where we live, we live in a fucking desert and the majority of freaking, well, at least the Southern most part of California is a fucking desert. So like, it's absurd. They're like snowy California. What the fuck are you? Are you high? <laughs> uh, so I, I've been, it, it's just funny. That whole concept snow in California. I was just like, okay. All right, Ariana, whatever you say. Where are you? Because uh, we're talking about things that we've seen or listened to. Uh, have you been keeping up with uh, Mandalorian? Yes, I have. I, I saw that. I saw the first two um, episodes that have been released so far. Um, The first I, episode. I, I fucking dig. I dig the living shit out of that episode. Holy shit. <laughs> When that aspect ratio changed and the fucking dragon, I was like, what is this? Am I watching Dune or am I watching Star Wars? (laughs) And I was blown away. I I loved every bit of that. I love the plot. I love the um, Timothy Oliphant, like give me more of him in the um, in the in the show because he's damn likable i love him um also like his like his deep want and like for this community that he's in and just like this community um as barren as it may be it it was very 
like I, I I don't know. It felt lived in, and I, I I feel that when I watch like a new hope and stuff because I feel like this world isn't lived in, you know, and I love when star Wars shows me that this world is lived in. It's not just like, Oh, that's just another planet and all that. stuff. which clone wars can't tend to get like that. Like, Oh, it's another planet. Oh, it's another planet. Rebels does that too. Um, uh, sometimes in the sequels, I felt that way when they reached a uh, Maz Kanata's planet. I didn't feel like it was, um, it was lived in. I just felt like, Oh, it's another planet. I mean, it looks beautiful, but it's just another planet. Um, I feel like this part was like part of the desert was like lived in. I, I actually loved that part of the all the stuff. Also, it's nice to see like the Mandalorian coming in to like help a society and all that stuff. I mean, I know you didn't like the episode previously in uh, in the Mandalorian, but the Bryce Dallas Howard episode um, directed episode where um, he where the Mandalorian helped out this village um, from all these oh. like from these uh raiders um i love that episode because i i like when he is actually helping out a society i mean it's very ground grounded in like western stories and that's what i came mm-hmm. to watch the show for though you know uh uh star wars but western you know and that's that's pretty much what i came for to watch the mandalorian plus the addition of like the fact that it's a a single father um now uh and that delights me as well second episode uh was it's a it's a nice episode baby yoda be fucked up (laughs) could you tell it was a peyton redirected uh production i didn't i couldn't tell but the fact that it had a lot of bugs in it i was like okay it's Peyton Reed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's interesting, right? Um, uh, I have a much less favorable uh, take on the show overall. Um, I think that's been well documented, but I really thoroughly enjoyed that premiere, that episode one. That was really good. Um, maybe it had just been, um, it had been a while since we've seen anything Star Wars, but, um, I was just really entertained and honestly kind of invested in it. I I think that the longer form, the longer runtime really benefited the story, um, and the episode, Uh, I really loved Timothy Oliphant. He's a great actor and I think he was perfect, uh, as Cobb Vanth. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't, I, I was having this discussion with Peter and Alexis. They were very annoyed of the Boba Fett, uh, armor being featured, uh, throughout the episode. And I was, I wasn't so at all of only because I was, well, we've, we've talked about the rumors that were happening in season two. So I guess I kind of already uh-huh. knew this is coming. And then him so showing up really, at the end. Yeah. Tamora Morrison, um, was back there at the end, so it's like, no, but that was it, it, it. What 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 I think struck me is just how beautiful the episode looked. Um, it 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 honestly just got me a little upset because oh my god, what so many shows would kill to have the budget this thing has. It was beautiful. Yeah. That dragon, oh my god, that dragon. It was 
it was what film quality almost uh as close as you can get like and uh, i liked um uh for the first time we get a different um portrayal of our tuscan raiders um they're you know they're they're not necessarily you know the bad guys um just they're not you know, animals portrayed. and they weren't slaughtered like <laughs> That's exactly what Peter said when I brought that up. Literally exactly the same thing. And the women and the children. The children, too. I hate them. (laughs) Oh, my God. But yeah, the um the Tuscan Raiders like it they the the show brought a element of humanity that you were never seen before, um which is which is yeah. nice. Um, yeah. there there are other parts of Tatooine other than Mos Eisley. <laughs> like it was holy cool shit. to see. There's a lot, yeah, and you know what, like. A lot of the times, collectively, we do crap on on Filoni and Favreau's tendency to throw in and shove in as many Easter eggs as possible. Uh-huh. But sometimes, sometimes they work. They, they, like, um, I was laughing my ass off when I think it was um, Mando was, you know, parking a ship um, with that woman from last season. Um and then we cut to R5 from A New Hope. The yeah. fucking droid that like broke down that almost got sold off to Lars um, in A New Hope. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? It was, I know it was cheesy or whatever, but I thought it was like, that's hilarious. Like that, that's where that, you know, bucket of bolts ended up going. But Star Wars is supposed to be cheesy. That's what it is. You know, yeah, a lot yeah. of people it's, forget and that. I, and I don't mind it and keep it. I never use cheesy in a negative context. In fact, I love it. I, I, I welcome it. Part of why I love Doctor Who is because it, it it's not afraid to go into cheesy and campy territory. Yeah. And, I, and, and where is it as you know, a pride of armor, honestly? Yeah, it knows what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And when the Mandalorian does dive into stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, that's the Star Wars I know. Yeah, that's um, fun. Uh, I w- that was easily my favorite episode of the Mandalorian so far. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would watch it again. It was really good. I haven't seen episode two yet. Um, I hear there's a lot of spiders in it. <laughs> We're going through arachnids in the UK situation all over again. Although this was, I hear it was. Uh, the spiders that we saw from Rebels? Probably. Um, also, um, a lot of egg eating in this episode as well. Yeah, the internet is seemingly having a meltdown. Because because Baby Yoda ate freaking the eggs of an almost of an endangered species. Eh. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know if it was because this episode aired uh, or was dropped um, the week of uh, the election, but I didn't notice many people talking about it. About the Mandalorian? The episode two. 
in the oh, initial like maybe day that it because of the election and everything. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. I mean. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Um. You don't know. So, uh, are you excited for uh, the remainder of the season? Uh, are you Are you having? I know that last we spoke, you had some worries about what shit they could pull with season two with certain characters. Yeah, where are you at right now? Um, it looks like they're going in creative directions, like more creative uh, endeavors that they did beforehand. Um, which I really appreciate. Um, it looks infinitely a lot better because we're not just in that town um, for the majority of the time, you know. And then one episode, Tatooine. It looks like we're going we're going places. Um, and honestly, I'm all for I'm all for that. You know, I'm all for uh, Star Wars uh, and the Mandalorian going in that direction. That honestly that i was like okay yes there's gonna be bo-katan yeah there's gonna be boba fett ahsoka tano whatever whatever the fuck but like honestly that's just an afterthought at this point so far um and honestly if like the story overall story is really good and rooted as much as it has been um season two might be the best yet Um, it could very still much be like um, the what we feared before when we were only two episodes in, but mm. so far so good. Good, good. Hopefully, people enjoy it, and um, I'm sure we'll have a season review once uh, it's reached its uh, conclusion. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have one on the fantasy fair. I'm pretty sure you and you and Peter will do your thing. As it were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm all out of conversation. How about you? Got anything else? I don't know what else we can say. Uh, you really... I mean, if we're talking about, like, what's been going on, I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, I can't say anymore uh, about... Um, any of the shows that I've been watching um, or the movies anyway. So yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's where we're going to close off unless you have anything else you want to bring up. Uh, um, Muppet month. Yeah. Fantasy, Fantasy Fair. Fair. That's it. Um, December, we're going to be doing um, the Mandalorian. We're going to review soul. When that when that comes out on the fantasy fair, um, so yeah, that's pretty much what's like permanently planned. Um, there'll be sporadic mm-hmm. episodes scattered throughout here and there, but other than that, that's that's pretty much it. Well, um, yeah, and then of course, if you're listening on Red Spotlight, we're obviously doing as we've been talking about Guillermo del Toro month. The first episode that Peter and I will be doing uh, would be with Kronos, Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Labyrinth. And uh, we also have uh, the Good Place recap uh, for the remainder 
of November. And then for December, we haven't uh, settled on a theme, but I very much anticipate we're going to be trying to um, watch as many uh, awards, festival movies uh, that'll be dropping on Netflix and other places. I can't wait till you review Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, for your consideration. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, yay. Um, and then um, hopefully we'll have some fun stuff uh, scheduled for the end of the year. I asked Alexis, because um, I had I think what I want to do to close out the year, I know for sure what I have in mind is I'd like to have one last podcast with the main group, all of us together, um, celebrating the end of this fucking year, um, you know, having like an in memoriam. Uh, and then also for fun, uh, I'd love to, uh, for you, me and Moreno, especially I, because we're the ones that were, are so passionate about it. Uh, and this would be dropping new year's Eve, uh, what I plan to anyway, and I hope you can do this, an audio commentary on Casablanca. Casablanca. Uh, one of our favorite movies of all time. Alexis, I think this is the beginning of a wonderful podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, well, until I'm next all for time, it. Let's, go ahead. let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Yeah. So did you like what you heard here? And if you did, you can check us out everywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, whether it be Spotify, whether it be TuneIn, Stitcher, you name it. Uh, we are on currently. We Our home is castbox.fm. And you can also find us at the same platforms or everything with the Red Spotlight Entertainment Network. That is uh, including, but not limited to, uh, the Fantasy Fair uh, to the table and, of course, Bond and Beyond. We only got five episodes up of that shit. I don't know what we're going to bring that up. Um, probably when it is confirmed that indeed uh, No Time to Die is coming out in November, in uh, April. Uh, so, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll get that back up as soon as we got confirmation that it's not going to move anywhere. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, without further ado, I'm Kyle Lira. With me is Alexis Soto. And as always, stay into the spotlight. Bye. Bye.